The world is changing fast, but you can learn it at a slower pace. Special English. You're listening to Special English. Here is the news. China's top economic planner has released 20 wide-ranging measures to boost consumption amid efforts to sustain economic recovery and promote high-quality development. The National Development and Reform Commission emphasized employment optimization and income distribution so that individuals will have more disposable income to support economic growth. Deputy Director Li Chunlin said that China will promote the increase in residents' income to synchronize with economic growth, so as to lift residents' willingness to consume. Measures also include fully implementing the paid leave system and flexible working hours to elevate holiday spending, which have sparked heated discussions online. The country vows to spur the consumption of a number of products, services and areas, including new energy vehicles, home appliances, electronics, catering, culture and tourism, as well as in rural areas. The state economic planner is pushing for the consumption of home appliances by rolling out trade-ins and the recycling of used home appliances. The notice said that on car sales, local authorities should not unveil new measures to restrict purchasing, while regions that already have restrictive measures on car purchasing should improve those measures in order to adapt to local conditions. Efforts should be made to build high-quality charging infrastructure and promote the use of new energy vehicles in rural areas with favourable tax incentives. Having been approved by the State Council, these measures are aimed at better implementing the strategy of expanding domestic demand. It is set to play a key role in boosting consumption and stimulating economic growth, while bolstering the country's high-quality development. This is Special English. China has made progress in expanding the coverage of medical and healthcare services, with all residents in prefecture-level cities across the country gaining access to remote medical services. That is according to statistics released at a national conference on health development which was held on July the 29th in Jinan, in East China's Shandong province. China has established a total of 15,000 medical consortiums nationwide and approved 
125 regional medical centre projects, which cover all under-resourced provinces, underscoring the nation's commitment to bridging healthcare gaps. Last year, over 87% of county-level hospitals in China reached the basic medical service standards set by the country, and more than 30,000 township health clinics and community health service centres met the prescribed standards. You're listening to Special English. The new building of the Sanxingdui Museum in southwest China's Sichuan province has started a trial operation with almost 600 relics unearthed from the renowned Sanxingdui ruins displayed to the public for the first time. Located beside the old museum building, the new facility covers an area of 54,400 square metres, five times that of the old one, a total of more than 1,500 pieces or sets of relics, including pottery, bronze, jade and goldwares, are showcased in the new building, which has an exhibition area of 22,000 square metres. Among the highlights are a nearly four-metre-high sacred bronze tree, golden masks, and bronze-standing figurines, all dating back around 3,000 years. More than 300 relics were newly excavated from the sacrificial pits number 3 to number 8. The application of technologies and a well-designed exhibit layout ensures a captivating and immersive experience for museum-goers. Notably, glasses-free 3D technology allows visitors to share the perspective of archaeologists at an excavation site, enabling them to relish the enthralling moment when a relic is freshly unearthed. All the artefacts of the old museum building have been relocated to the new facility, the Cultural Relic Conservation and Restoration Hall, will remain at its original site, adjacent to the museum buildings. Visitors can see the restoration process of these artefacts at the hall. According to Zhu Yarong, Deputy Director of the Sanxingdui Museum, the newly exhibited content meticulously sorts out the archaeological achievements at Sanxingdui from the past decades, presenting it as a vivid example which showcases the unified yet diverse origins of Chinese civilization. Discovered in the late 1920s, the Sanxingdui ruins have earned the reputation of being one of the world's greatest archaeological finds of the 20th century.
Located in Guanghan City, the ruins, covering an area of 12 square kilometers, are believed to be the remnants of the ancient Shu Kingdom, which had its heyday around 3,000 years ago. This is Special English. I was born on the 17th of November. Delve into a world of words with Books and Beyond, a podcast made especially for audiobook lovers. I came into the world as the youngest of five children. I wondered what Her Majesty would be like. Fie upon you, limpid one. Why have you taken... Immerse yourself in gripping stories and timeless classics from the comfort of your own personal space. Sun Tzu underlined three points on the context game There was no better wine, and not to mention... Whether you're a bookworm or a casual listener, our carefully curated selection of audiobooks will transport you to new worlds and stir your imagination. Subscribe to Books and Beyond and start your audiobook adventure now on radio.cgtn.com or your favorite podcast app. Hear the difference with CGTN Radio. Don't forget you can enjoy everything from past episodes to exclusive content on our website, radio.cgtn.com. Follow us on Twitter or Facebook at CGTN Radio. Join our global network to connect with the world. This is Special English. With plenty of shade, icy beds, frozen summer treats, air conditioners and misting cooling systems, zoo animals across China are keeping cool amid the blazing heat of summer. This summer, the polar bears living at Beijing Zoo have two icy beds. The outdoor bed is concave and functions roughly like a household refrigerator. Thanks to a built-in refrigerating system, the bed can achieve an overall cooling effect. The polar bears can lie on their stomachs in the bed, and their caretakers also place giant ice cubes in the bed to give them the optimal cooling feeling. The polar bears also have a chessboard-style shade over their swimming pool. The shade changes configuration according to the position of the sun and the shade of the outdoor trees, thereby maximizing the ratio of the shaded area and improving the animal's welfare. Zookeepers in Shanghai have been preparing since spring for high summer temperatures. Two rows of sprinklers were installed outside the Flamingo exhibition area at Shanghai Zoo. At the beginning of this year, the staff placed a net above the sprinklers and introduced vines. It is expected that the net will be covered with climbing plants within six months. The staff said they must plan in advance to lay the foundations to improve animal welfare. 
Summer treats such as watermelons, white melons, grapes, and other fruit and juicy vegetables are provided to meet the nutritional needs of the animals. For many of the animals, including giraffes, hippos, macaws, and red-crowned cranes, frozen watermelons are the most popular dish. While mammals and birds avoid the scorching sun, many amphibians take the opposite approach, especially the turtles. Sunbathing can help them increase their body temperature, accelerate their metabolism, help synthesize vitamin D, and better absorb calcium. Sprinklers are also turned on for the turtles. Helping to prevent heat stroke and dehydration, at Xian Qinling Wildlife Park in northwest China's Shanxi Province, where the outdoor temperature has exceeded 34 degrees Celsius, zookeepers have been providing the chimps with chilled green bean soup. The primate keepers at the park. Feed the monkeys and chimps with small amounts of soup, multiple times each day. Although this means they must clean the cages and prepare food several times daily, they want to ensure that their furry kids have a healthy and comfortable summer. You're listening to Special English. After hectic weekdays, more and more Chinese youths are apt to spend a leisurely weekend enjoying opera, drama, and concerts in theaters. The new craze is driving the robust recovery of China's theater consumption, according to data released by the China Association of Performing Arts. Over 31,000 commercial performances were staged in China during this year's Labor Day holiday, up almost 50 percent from the same period in 2019. Operas, concerts, children's plays, and dance performances received a warm welcome from the younger generation in the post-pandemic era. On July the twenty-first, famous artists from China, Italy, and France performed arias from classical musical repertories, such as the Phantom of the Opera and Romeo and Juliet, in the Shanxi Opera House in China's northwestern Shanxi Province, causing scenes of jubilation among more than one thousand attendees. Yang Tian, a 28-year-old woman from southwest China's Chongqing municipality, enjoyed many exhilarating moments with her friend at the musical concert. Yang said the show combines solos, duets, choruses, and symphony music. The human voice in the musicals goes straight to the hearts of the audience. And fully expresses the sentiments of the characters. An annual report 
from the China Association of Performing Arts, shows that people aged 18 to 34 years old contributed a dominant part of consumption to the performing art market last year, accounting for over 76% for three consecutive years. Young is one of a growing cohort in China that travels to other cities just to watch the shows. She used to believe that operas and concerts were so lofty that they were out of reach for ordinary people, but now she is a frequent visitor to the theatre. Young said that nowadays, young Chinese people are becoming more open-minded and are willing to explore new spheres, and they are also surprised to find that many excellent plays from home and abroad are not bound by convention. To cater to the growing demand for better performances and appeal to more young people, Chinese theatres have stepped up efforts to adapt classical operas and create new plays. Last year, a poetic dance called the journey of a legendary landscape painting topped the national box office of the performing arts market. Inspired by an ancient painting masterpiece named A Panorama of Mountains and Rivers from the Song Dynasty, it brought to life the traditional Chinese aesthetic charm in a vivid way. After China's Ministry of Culture and Tourism announced in March that it would resume accepting applications for commercial performances involving troops from overseas, many international musical groups have been returning to Chinese stages. This is Special English. North China's Shanxi province has been constructing a museum dedicated to showcasing the remarkable relics of Longshan culture, a late Neolithic civilization in the middle and lower reaches of the Yellow River. The relic site, dating back 4,500 to 3,900 years, is located in Taozi village in Xianfen County in Shanxi province. Since 1978, archaeologists have conducted large-scale excavations of the site, unearthing a batch of exquisite painted pottery, jade articles and other cultural relics. Construction of the museum, which covers 12 hectares, is expected to be complete by the end of October. The main exhibition hall of the museum, covering almost 10,000 square metres, will be used for cultural relics display, collection, storage and archaeological experiments. Li Wei, head of the publicity department of Xiangfen County, said the Taosa relic site is an important one in exploring the sources 
of Chinese civilization. Li said that upon completion, the facility will provide a vivid example of the origin and development of the early Chinese nation, showing the course of more than 40 years of archaeological excavation and research. You're listening to Special English. That is the end of this edition of Special English. To recap, I'm going to read one of the news items again at normal speed. Please listen carefully. The new building of the Sanxingdui Museum in southwest China's Sichuan province has begun a trial operation with nearly 600 relics unearthed from the renowned Sanxingdui ruins displayed to the public for the first time. Located beside the old museum building, the new facility covers an area of 54,400 square metres, five times that of the old one. A total of more than 1,500 pieces or sets of relics, including pottery, bronze, jade and gold wares, are showcased in the new building, which has an exhibition area of 22,000 square metres. Among the highlights are a nearly four-metre-high sacred bronze tree, golden masks and bronze standing figurines, all dating back around 3,000 years. More than 300 relics were newly excavated from the sacrificial pits number 3 to number 8. The application of technologies and a well-designed exhibit layout ensures a captivating and immersive experience for museum-goers. Notably, Glass's free 3D technology allows visitors to share the perspective of archaeologists at an excavation site, enabling them to relish the enthralling moment when a relic is freshly unearthed. All the artefacts of the old museum building have been relocated to the new facility. The Cultural Relic Conservation and Restoration Hall will remain at its original site adjacent to the museum buildings. Visitors can see the restoration process of those artefacts at the hall. According to Zhu Yarong, Deputy Director of the Sanxingdui Museum, the newly exhibited content meticulously sorts out the archaeological achievements at Sanxingdui from the past decades, presenting it as a vivid example which showcases the unified yet diverse origins of Chinese civilization. Discovered in the late 1920s, the Sanxingdui ruins have earned the reputation of being one of the world's greatest archaeological finds of the 20th century. Located in Guanghan City, the ruins covering an area of 12 square kilometres are believed to be the remnants of the ancient Shu Kingdom, which had its heyday around 3,000 years ago. That is the end of today's programme. I hope you'll join us every day to learn English at a slower pace. In a world shaped by ancient civilizations and remarkable trade networks, a wondrous journey awaits. Footprints presents Connected, a gripping 10-episode series that takes you into the lives of ordinary people 
whose destinies intertwine with the ancient Silk Road and the Belt and Road Initiative. Following the modern initiative that connects several continents via land and maritime networks, we uncover captivating stories along the way and witness how it bridges different cultures and peoples throughout time. Brace yourself for an enthralling experience with Connected, arriving on all major podcast platforms. Subscribe today and join us on this extraordinary journey through time and space.